Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of TLMA Sports with Kevin Taylor. So glad to have you along on this wonderful Friday evening, September 30th. Yes, it's the last day, the last night of September. Can you believe we're entering into the final quarter of the year, October, November, December? Wow, you know, Christmas will be here before you know it. (laughs) But, of course, football season is in full full swing. Baseball season will be wrapping up this weekend. Some great pennant races are in store as we head into the home stretch of the season, getting you ready for the AL and NL wild card in the divisional series. We'll be talking about that in upcoming editions of TaylorMade Sports. And, of course, the Atlanta Braves, speaking of baseball, will be wrapping up their home stay at Turner Field. It's kind of somber, you know, but uh, Turner Field will be reconfigured, and Georgia State, their football team, will move into the facility starting next season. But at the same time, it's the end of an era for the Braves. Is they've always have played in the downtown Atlanta area or close to downtown, just south of the city. Um, but Sunday is it. That's going to be it against Detroit at 3.05. And um, it's kind of bittersweet. Bittersweet. Even though they're moving to the northern suburbs of Atlanta, uh, I've I've always have enjoyed watching baseball, football, basketball within the downtown area of Atlanta, and uh, just uh, just kind of still hard to believe that the Braves are moving to another area of the city. But uh, a lot of fanfare will be going on this weekend in Atlanta as the Braves get ready for their move to Cobb County. Of course, this is Taylor A Sports, where we talk sports from Atlanta and around the country. That was just a taste of what you will be hearing on this week's edition of the program. Coming up in addition to the Braves, as they get ready to wrap up the season, we'll be discussing the Atlanta Falcons as they get ready on Sunday. Also here in Atlanta, getting ready at the Georgia Dome to take on the Carolina Panthers. That kickoff will be at 1 o'clock. So uh, just in case you might like a little football and baseball, Falcons game starts at 1, Braves game starts at 3. Mike, you head on over to Turner Field and catch the last of the Braves. They <laughs> get ready to move next season. Also, you've got UGA. They're going to be taking on Tennessee between the hedges at 3.30, and uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. As well as you've got Georgia Tech definitely at home facing Miami. And Mark Rick, he's going to be returning to the state as he leaves the nationally ranked Hurricanes into Bobby Dodd Stadium to take on Georgia Tech. On this program, you will you will be hearing comments from UGA head coach Kirby Smart, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson, and Atlanta Falcons quarterback, the offensive player of the month, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan, that's right, Matty Ice. You're going to be hearing from him as he gets ready for the game this week against Carolina. Also, what we're going to do is, like I said, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves and how they can wrap up this season on a high note after starting so abysmally. So that's on this edition of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram anytime. You know, I'm on social media just for you and giving you the latest sports information at Kevin Taylor 98 Again, that's Kevin Taylor 98 All right, so let's start it off, shall we? Georgia, they will be playing Tennessee on Saturday afternoon over in Athens, and this is going to be a great matchup. I really do believe this because 
Tennessee comes into this game ranked at number 11 in the country. They're 4-0. Georgia, they're 3-1 after they was trounced <laughs> by Ole Miss a week ago. And um, here's the thing. Tennessee go on the road for the first time this season to start off October. Of course, come to Athens. Now, the Volunteers visit Georgia, who are ranked 25th in the country. And uh, like I said, the game will be at 3.30 on ESPN. And uh, Tennessee will be looking to carry over some momentum gained from his second-half comeback in a 38-28 win over Florida last week. Now, they really did show a lot of poise. They came from behind. They did not give up. And, um, you know, the Bulldogs, they're going to try to get back on track. Like I said, they were trounced 45-14 to 14 in Ole Miss. And uh, Kirby Smart, before, before we actually hear from him, he did say that the silver lining is you get another opportunity to play a good team this week. And I would have to agree with that. The opportunity that we have looking forward is that we're fired up about it. And you better be because you were basically embarrassed against the Rebels last week. And um, I really feel that Georgia can really turn some heads. Not really with the win that they got against North Carolina. Yeah, you played a, a decent team. Uh, of course, against Nickel State, you almost lost. Missouri, yeah, you were in the game, you showed competitiveness, and that was great. But this, I think, will be a determining factor early on in the season. Can Georgia hang with a top team in their conference? Already, quarterback Jason Eason, uh, Jacob Eason, uh, actually he was the catalyst for that comeback against Missouri. Uh, but he took a step back against Ole Miss. He threw for 303 yards and three touchdowns, but with 16 of 36, yeah, 16 of 36. Now here's the thing: running back Nick Chubb, he has a injured ankle. He had only 57 yards on 12 carries against Ole Miss. Now, he's actually trying to rehab. Now, nowhere yet on if Chubb can be able to go, but uh, they're hopeful that Chubb can really give it a go. And let's face it, Georgia's offense, you've got to be able to run the football. Uh, Kirby Smart has said that. You've got to be able to run the ball to be effective in the SEC. And that's true. We've seen that. We've seen that Georgia needs to run the football. And when they do they are successful. Here's Kirby Smart during his weekly SEC uh, teleconference with the media about just in case if if uh, Nick Chubb cannot go. I don't think it's markedly different because we have you know other capable uh, good backs. Now, some of them are young and inexperienced, but certainly they don't have the same uh, capabilities as, as Nick. But they're good players, and you know we were looking all spring and having to play without him. Um, so we're prepared to do so if we have to, and um, we'll continue to do that. But no, it's, it, it has not been as complicated as you think because we've got backs with some experience. It's complicated from the standpoint you don't have the guy that's that's toting the mail the most. Toting the mail the most, I like that. You know, you hear most guys they say, "Can you tote the rock? Can you tote the rock, man?" But Kirby said, "Toting the mail the most." So I guess Nick Chubb will be known as the mailman, right? Nick the mailman, Chubb. All right. Look for uh, Georgia to be able to try to spread the ball around in this game. Um, I think Tennessee will step up their defensive intensity in this one. Uh, Georgia, I think they will probably be able to match 
Tennessee defensive intensity. But through it all, if Georgia can now run the football, it's going to be a long day. And um, if Georgia can not get a sustainable offense going, look for you probably have some shuffling at the quarterback position. But, of course, you know, hey, my pick in this game, uh, I got to go with Tennessee. I think they're going to be the most experienced team. I think they're going to be effective defensively. And I think they're going to, especially if Jason, Jacob Eason is going to um, be in the pocket for most of the game, I think that he, they're going to be able to disrupt him, not really causing him to make any mistakes, but just enough to maybe have more incomplete passes and make some crucial, inconsistent decisions. But we'll see. You know, that's just my opinion. But at the same time, I think Tennessee will get a win in this game. Sorry, uh, fans of Athens. I, I, I try to tell it like it is. All right. <laughs> Taylor made sports with Kendrick Taylor. We always have a lot of fun on this program. And, of course, if you want to let me know what you feel, reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter at Kevin Taylor 98 And, of course, you can see any pictures that I put up from any interviews or press conferences that I attend on Instagram, also at Kevin Taylor 98 Speaking of Instagram, you'll see a picture of Paul Johnson as I was over at Georgia Tech earlier this week. As Georgia Tech was getting ready for Miami and Bobby Dodd Stadium coming up on Saturday afternoon. Now, this game will be televised on ESPN2, and it's going to be a good one. It's a noon kickoff, so uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech really doesn't play a lot of noon games, but I think Tech fans will be ready as Tech will come into this game at 3-1, and one, third in the ACC. And uh, Tech is, is kind of an up-and-down team right now. One week they look good. It seems like one week they look bad. One week they look inconsistent. The next week they look good. Uh, you know, you really can't you can't really play good football like that. Of course, Tech is coming up uh, ugly. In Spanish, that will be can feel uh, ugly performance against <laughs> Clemson. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, now, Miami, we're going to start with them. They're going to be playing Georgia Tech, like I said, uh, in Athens. Now, both teams have had some time off. Miami comes in, into this game at 3-0. and They're coming off a bye week. And the Jackets, they played a Thursday night game against Clemson, losing 26-7. to um, Tech is now 3-1 and on the season, 1-1 and in the conference. And um, the extra time has really helped Miami to prepare uh, for, you know, Georgia Tech's spread option offense. But my thing is this. The top teams in the conference, not just, not, not just the country, but the conference, are able to, of course, adjust more now to Paul Johnson's offense, and they're able to adjust defensively to literally shut that offense down. You, you know, you take teams like Duke. You take teams like uh, like last season, uh, North Carolina. But, but even though it was last season, Tech was not very good. They had injuries. They had young personnel. This season, yeah, they're a little bit more experienced. You have some guys who are back in the mix, you know, who, who are not injured. But Tech is still that team who looked bad against Clemson. They did not match up well against Clemson. I don't know. Maybe you should throw the ball a little bit more, but uh, Tech is averaging 216 yards per game rushing. Now, a lot of the rushing yards came against Mercer. Yes, Mercer. In the second game of the season, Georgia Tech ran for 364 yards. In that game, now they also added 289 
against Vanderbilt. Yes, Vanderbilt. You get my drift? You can run the football against a team who is not as built as you are, that you can run the football, of course, against. Now, that's just common football sense. But I think, you know, against these top teams or teams that you might be able to not really match up well against, keep them off balance defensively, to maybe throw the ball, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that just, I've been watching football all my life. I, I know you want to mix it up. You don't want to be predictable. But at the same time, that's what tech really is because if you're going to come out and run the football every single time and every single game, defense is able to prepare for that. And, of course, it's going to be able to stop that and give you different looks to be able to stop it. But nothing's changed. That's been the knock on Paul Johnson here in recent years. But at the same time, I guess, you know, you don't want to mess up something that has worked before. But, hey, that's what preparation and film study for, right? But uh, against Boston College, they only had 119 yards on the ground. And uh, check this out. They were only held to 95 yards rushing in the loss to Clemson. Yeah, 95 yards. See, see what I mean? But at the same time, hopefully – Tech can get it back going on the ground, but I think they need to pass the ball more. Uh, Tech had just 22 yards of total offense against the Tigers in the first half, and uh, that was when Clemson was up 23 to nothing. And I think a lot of TVs in Atlanta really uh, were turned off at that point. Uh, freshman, he's a true freshman running back, Dedrick Mills. Uh, he ended up as Tech's leading uh, rusher with a career high 75 yards and touchdown in that game against Clemson. But let's not dwell on the past. Let, let, let's not do that, okay? Um, Miami, they played some lightweights, to be honest, to start the season. They beat Florida in them 70-3, to Florida Atlantic 38-10, to and Appalachian State 45-10. to uh, Running back Mark Walton, uh, he's, he's been playing very well. He's, he's almost had 1,000 yards rushing. He has 816 yards on the season, and he rushed for 401 yards and averaging 8.1 per carry uh, so far this season. Uh, so now here's your thing. Tech's defense is still a little inexperienced. And that's, you know, we, we all pretty much figure that. Uh, Miami, they're playing very well, rushing the football. But it's the receivers, it's the passing game that I feel like could be the difference in this game. Now, I was able to, like I told you, go over to Georgia Tech earlier this week, and I was able to talk to Coach Johnson. And I started with, uh, you know, last season, Coach Johnson was concerned about just everybody doing their job, not doing too much. And I started out by asking him that about this this group's uh, uh, effort this year in that manner. you got to play within yourself, and you got to have some awareness of what's going on around you. And it's just like if, if it's a pass play, you can't, fire off the ball 100 miles an hour. I mean, they're going to go right by you. If it's if you're pulling and you don't know who to block, it doesn't do any good for you to pull and go 700 warp speed and then run right by the guy that you're, you've got to get. I mean, you have to have some of this experience because it's still a young group, really. And, and then, you know, some of us just having poise and composure. I also asked Coach Jennison how did he feel about his defensive backs matching up with Miami's wide receivers. Uh, I think we match up. I mean, they're they're good. Probably as good as anybody's DBs match up with them. 
you got to give them some help sometimes. You can't go out there and just play man-to-man the whole day or they'll torture you. This guy's really good at throwing the deep ball. He's probably the best guy in our league at throwing the deep ball. And and they've always got plenty of athletes and plenty of speed. And So you got to mix your coverage and not let them get a beat on you and try not to put those guys on an island all the time. All right. Uh, Coach Johnson was talking about junior quarterback Brad Kaya. Now, um, he actually looked good in the uh, Hurricanes win over Appalachian State. He was 21-27 with 368 yards and three touchdowns. But I think Miami would get this win in Atlanta. I love Tech. Tech, hey, I, you know, I, I love you guys over on North Avenue. But, hey, like I told you, i got to tell it like it is. Miami comes into Atlanta, beats Georgia Tech in this game. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's that's just my opinion, all right? It's Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Well, we're talking sports from Atlanta around, and around the country. Make sure that you get in on the conversation or if you have something that you would like for me to mention on the program, on uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, Kevin Taylor. 98. Also, just a quick preview of an upcoming special edition of Taylor Made Sports. It's training camp for the Atlanta Hawks as they are getting ready for the upcoming season. And you'll hear a special edition of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. And we'll talk to members of the Atlanta Hawks and as well as Bob Rathman, the television voice of the Atlanta Hawks, coming up next week. So make sure that you check me out on social media and I give you more details about that as well. But of course, we're going to continue on with football for this week. And the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, the first place Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I know it's only three games, but, hey, I'm a Falcon fan, diehard Falcon fan, and I love it. I love it (laughs) that they are in first place because, let's face it, after that first game of the season, a lot of people, they were almost wanting to – to, to go out and say, hey, this team is terrible. Fire Dan Quinn. Get rid of Demi Trump. We're going to get rid of I also asked Coach team. Jefferson how did he feel about his defensive and, uh, backs matching you know, up I, I with Miami's that, wide receivers. That was a, uh, that, that was a, a situation where, where, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but I like, <laughs> radio. Okay, but at the same time, uh, it was a situation where everybody was unhappy with the way this team played. They were very unhappy, but Dan Quinn, he's kept this team together. He's kept the focus on being about the ball, being fast and physical, and improving from week to week. Now you have the top offensive player of the month in Matt Ryan. You've got the top defensive rookie of the month in Deion Jones. So congratulations to him, linebacker Deion Jones, is, is the defensive rookie of the month. And this team is really just kept it together. They have the number one offense in the league. Carolina's coming into this game struggling. They they look bad in their last game against Minnesota. They're now one and two on the season, the third in the conference. And uh, Sports Talk Radio actually on Friday was mentioning about how um, Carolina does not look like the same team that made it to the Super Bowl a year ago. And this is a tough stretch for the Falcons. I mean, they're coming off a big win on Monday night against New Orleans, sure enough. But after this, they go out west. You're basically playing both teams that were in the Super Bowl last season. Carolina at home, then you've got Denver, then you've got Seattle. So it's a little bit of a tough stretch. So they really need this game to still uh, keep up that momentum in the NFC South. But the Falcons are feeling pretty good about the start of their season. Uh, the defense is a concern, though. Uh, you know, we, we, in, in the penalties, the, the bonehead penalties, I, I tell you, they've got to – I know Dan Quinn probably has to shrug 
in those film sessions about those penalties. But um, hopefully the, 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 the Falcons can get that right as the, as the season goes on. The Falcons rank first in the NFL the offense by scoring just under 35 points per game, gaining 448 yards per game. And um, all of you Matt Ryan haters, where are you now? I can't hear you. Yeah. It's kind of silence there. Matt Ryan has completed more than 70% of his passes to go along with seven touchdowns and get this, one interception. And that was against the Raiders in the red zone. Uh, yeah, I almost threw the remote of the TV, just like almost every other Falcon fan at that time. But at the same time, he has really turned it around from last season. Yeah, I know it's still early in the season. I know that. But if Matt Ryan continues on this base, he will be one of the best quarterbacks to have a great season to go down probably in NFL history. What NFL quarterback do you know of that has completed between 60 and 70% of their passes in a season? Kind of hard to think of, right? And you've had some great ones out there. But I know it's still early, and you probably wouldn't get that high percentage. But at the same time, would it be phenomenal if he did? I mean, just something to think about, right? And um, Carolina, they're coming up with 22 to 10 home loss to the Vikings. And uh, they have not scored for more than 50 minutes so far. Coach Ron Rivera has said that uh, we have to hone in and be more thorough. And uh, he said it just can't happen. Uh, Carolina receiver Kelvin Benjamin went without a reception and had only one ball thrown his way against the Vikings. And... Uh, the Vikings defense just shut down Carolina. I mean, you've you got to give the Vikings defense credit. They, they went into Charlotte, and they shut down Carolina's offense. Um, so this is a game where Carolina really needs to get back on track. And against a Falcons defense that can be problematic, to say the least, I mean, very problematic. Uh, we saw that against Tampa Bay. We've seen high-scoring games against Oakland. We saw high-scoring games against New Orleans. So just think, Carolina, they have a better offense, you know, and definitely a better defense than all the teams that the Falcons have played so far. So this team, basically the Falcons have to play error-free football. Cam Newton said, I'm trying to get to 2-2. Two and two. Last year is over with. So that's true. And it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. Matt Ryan knows that. And, of course, he spoke about that earlier this week with the media. And here's his keys to getting a successful win on Sunday. Yeah, um, very good defense we're going against this week. We know that from uh, playing against those guys last year and, you know, being in division. Uh, They're physical in the front seven. I think their defensive line does a very good job. Uh, They've got two really, really good linebackers, you know, and, and they're solid in the secondary. So, We've got our work cut out for us. Uh, the key for us is to get prepared and, and play the way that we're capable of. Yes, I would agree with that. And, of course, the Falcons want to keep that momentum going. They're at home. They're playing the uh, conference champion, and they're going to be playing them tough. I think the Falcons will get a win this week as they continue to build their confidence going into two road games as well as going into the middle part of the season. It's Taylor May Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program this week. Of course, you can check me out anytime on Facebook, Twitter, 
and Instagram. Now, moving on to baseball. Yes, like I told you before, it is a summer time in Atlanta as the Atlanta Braves are getting ready to move to the northern suburbs of Atlanta. And they are taking on the Detroit Tigers in their final series at Turner Field. Yes. And, of course, as we uh, record this program, the Braves actually lose to the Tigers uh, on Friday. Yes, they actually lost uh, 62. So uh, the Braves did not have a good start to that series uh, against Detroit. But uh, I have to say, the Braves cannot bounce back because they have had a successful second half of the season. It did, it did not start out very well. Of course, you 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 uh, fire Freddie Gonzalez. Freddie Freeman has been on a tear. His his uh, hitting streak ended on a Thursday night, I believe, at 30 games. And um, his offense is clicking on all cylinders. Matt Kemp seems like he was the missing link to this team because since he has came on, you've had uh, this team to play even better than what they were already playing. But Detroit, they've got still uh, some things to play for as they continue to uh, try to uh, solidify their uh, postseason chances. And uh, they are really playing like a team that really wants uh, to solidify uh, a slot in the postseason. The Braves, I believe they were just trying to not make it to 100 losses on the season as uh, they have – they're not going to achieve that. That's for sure. Even if they lose the next two, they only have 95 losses on the season. But the Braves, uh, they're going to be taking on Detroit on Saturday at 7:10 and uh, Sunday afternoon at 3:05. So make sure that you go down and uh, check them out for the last time at Turner Field. Like I told you on Sunday, you can go to uh, the Georgia Dome, check out the Falcons first at, at one, and then after that game, you can uh, maybe head on over. Uh, to Turner Field because there's a lot of uh, things planned and um, I think the players will be involved with the fans and uh, just just, just a, a good family atmosphere uh, during this time. So uh, the Braves are going all out trying to, uh, you know, just make the fans uh, accountable as well as trying to uh, let them know that, hey, we love you. We're, we're moving from this area of the city, but uh, we're going to be going to a newer facility that's going to be uh, even better for you to come on out. And now after Sunday, I think everything will turn their attention immediately. Does Brian Snicker still get the job? Will he be in the running, actually, for the job uh, to take over this team? Because the team has played better. The team has played basically right around 500, basically in the second half of the season. Pitching is starting to come around. The hitting has came around. You've got some good young talent in the field. The Ashley Swanson Boy, don't you think the Arizona would love to have him back? Unbelievable. What, 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 I don't know what that GM was thinking to deal this young kid away. I think he has three homers now in the season. He's basically going to be your starting shortstop for many years to come. And a lot of people were like, you know, wow, you're your Andrew DeSantis. Oh, you know, he's going to go for a shortstop. But he wasn't hitting. He wasn't hitting. Now you got both in Dansby Swanson. Yes, and you got other guys that can really – you can move around in the lineup, but Brian Snicker has placed people in the lineup where he knows their strengths are. Adonis Garcia hitting second, you know, that is a great spot for him because when he was in other areas of the lineup, sometimes he struggled, sometimes he hit. 
Freeman, you know, he's a lock in at the third slot in the, in the lineup. You know, he was on the tier because Matt Kemp is protecting him. So, Ender Enciarte, good leadoff man, good leadoff bat there. Uh, you got Tyler Flowers, who uh, is plays solidly a catcher. Uh, you know, you you you've got a different situation at second base. Maybe Jace Peterson, who was coming on strong after returning to the lineup. Gordon Beckham uh, hit well at times. At times he did not, but at the same time, you have a situation where you probably could still maybe put platoon both guys. We don't maybe know what's going to go, uh, go on with uh, Nick Marquez, but if he does return, I think you have a solid right fielder. So some questions remain. I think they'll still go out for uh, a solid pitcher or somebody in the bullpen as well. But either way it goes, this team is finishing strong, just like they should be this time of the year. And so the Braves, are, they have a lot to really be happy about. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, give you a lot of stats here, but just know that the Braves have really played well in the second half, and it's going to be an exciting time when they move to their new ballpark at SunTrust Park next season. But uh, if you're going to be in our area, make sure, like I said, you go down to turn the field on Saturday, 17 is the first pitch, and it's Sunday, 305, 310, someone over there will be the first pitch, and all the Major League Baseball games will start at 3 on Sunday, as the final game of the season is this weekend. So, to the 11 Braves, you started out rough, but you're ending with a bang, and I know that uh, that's very exciting for that young team. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of TLMA Sports. Oh, before we get out of here, I'm sorry. Uh, my fault, my, my GSU, <laughs> Georgia State, they're going to be trying to get their first win of the season over Appalachian State. That game uh, will be on ESPN at 3. That's going to be in Boone, North Carolina, coming up at 12 noon. So hopefully uh, Coach Miles and everyone uh, can uh, be victorious. It's going to be tough, but uh, hopefully uh, they can come away with their first win of the season. Clark and Ladder, well, they'll be traveling to Kennesaw, in the northwest part of Atlanta as well, take on uh, Kennesaw State. So uh, that game, I think, will uh, kick off at uh, 1 p.m. on Saturday. So, um, uh, yeah, 1 p.m. at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw. So uh, if you're in the Kennesaw area, make sure that you check out some great football between Clark Atlanta and Kennesaw State. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Like I said, next week we're going to talk about Atlanta Hawks basketball and also review the Atlanta Braves season, and we're going to recap the Atlanta Falcons win against Carolina and get you caught up on next week's games with Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Georgia State as well. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time, my friends, I'm out.